It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne you found the dogs John you found the dogs he found the dogs and all together they worked the young team to the top and now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal the Canadians win the Stanley Cup brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. 8.6 beer, intense by nature, and Locage. If the last time you went to Locage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Locage. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Wednesday night. It is January 25th, just one minute past 10 o'clock. It is the Sick Podcast, and we're going to be with you for about an hour. The Montreal Canadiens off tonight, but they will be back tomorrow night when they host Joe Valeno and the Detroit Red Wings. That's right. And Joe Valeno is going to join us in about 15 minutes time. Montreal's very own. I've come to know Joe a little bit, a little bit, and I'm hoping I'm going to be able to get to know him a little bit more, of course, in the conversation that's about to take place starting at around 10.15. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer. You see it here. Uh, intense by nature of the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark and also brought to you by energy transportation group a leading full service logistics provider serving all of north america driven to be different and brought to you in part by lacage if the last time you went to lacage was when uh, joe valeno played some of his hockey here in the queue in the province of quebec well it's time you go back to lacage uh, the menu will surprise you because, of course, his last team that he played with in the queue, Joe Valeno, was Le uh, Voltigeurs de Drummondville. Prior to that, he played for the St. John Sea Dogs. All right. Okay. So we have a lot to talk to Joe about, who is uh, on the verge of having the best year of his career because he's two goals off of his career best. And he's one point away from his career best in his young National Hockey League career where he's basically played five games in his first year as a 20-year-old and then 66 games in year number two. And this year, he's played 45 games. And it looks like Joe Valeno is now a full-time NHLer, and uh, I'm sure he must be pretty happy about that. I can't wait to talk to Joe. He's a really, really good young man. I like him a lot. Another guy I like a lot is Marc-André Perot, who is a regular, and he joins me on Wednesday nights. The guy they call Mapper. Mapper, what's going on? How are you? Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. This is this is this is unbelievable. Beautiful. <laughs> Doing great. What a day. What a day. It's a big snowstorm here. I'm in Gatineau with the kids. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty bad here. I don't know in Montreal, but yeah. What are you doing great in Gatineau? My daughter is here, so. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't place, know that. Right? Yeah, daughter here. My son's in uh, Laurentian Hills. Yeah. So, yeah, life is easy. Life is good. 
Okay. How old are your, how old are your, uh, how old are your kids? 11, my daughter and four, my son. Ah, they're right. great. They okay. are awesome. And all right. Sleeping. So, so they're so, more awesome right now. So you go to Gatineau every now and then to check up on your, uh, on your daughter. Every week. Okay. Lots of traveling. Wow. Gas stations love me. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. So will you be back in Montreal tomorrow night to cover this game uh, between the Canadians was, and yeah. the Red Wings? Yeah. I was there this morning for the practice. It, yeah. it was, yeah, just uh, optional practice, but a lot of, a lot of stuff, stuff to talk about. And then tomorrow, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I like there. that. By the way, I've been to, to Gatineau several times. I like Gatineau. It's great. It's, yeah. it's great for family. Uh, yeah. Lots of uh, cross-country skiing, lots yeah. of snowshoeing. Yeah, it's you know, a good, good place for outdoors. I have this conversation with my friends, too. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I tell them I, I like Gatineau. And I tell them I like Ottawa. And they say, uh, you know, some of them say, and I say it's a great place to raise a family and stuff like that. Yeah. Some of them say... Yeah, you know, Ottawa, it's nice, but it's a little bit boring. And I said, well, you know, like I'm 50 years old. I mean, I, I am you boring. Know, I, don't, I don't need that much excitement in my life anymore. I probably did about 30 years ago, but 30 years later, I yeah, don't. Well, you know what I mean? When I was a student, I was pretty much saying the same thing. But now, I, you know, I just need some rest and be quiet. So it's great. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the Canadians before we get to Joe yeah. Valeno. Have you ever had a chance to talk to Joe Valeno before? I would imagine you never. have. Interviewed him. Never? Well, I mean, I've, I mean like in a scrum but never actually talked to him so yeah I, nice I, person nice I think only this, good things we're here i think it's pretty amazing you see the way i bring you into my world i open up my contacts to you i'm going to introduce you to joe you and joe are going to end up being tight who knows you're probably, probably going to be able friends. to get his, uh, his number and then you can text them back and forth you guys you could probably you know look maybe if joe is okay with it and i'm going to ask him a little bit later on maybe i'll let you into our wolf pack you know, maybe I'll be his best man one day. Who knows? You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Best man one day. So, are you a fan of the Hangover? Uh, you know what? I just watched the three movies like two weeks ago when I was in Nashville. But which is had you weird. had you watched them before? No. Are you kidding me? No. Can you imagine? Oh and I, I could have played in those movies like uh, 10, 15 years ago, but now. For, look, and, and and I know that uh, humor. I mean, is everyone has different kinds of humor and and that they like. For me, Hangover Part One. It's the funniest movie I ever saw. It's always the case, right? Yeah, yeah. First I like it. always I, the best. I, I you know I, I like it. I like it very much. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, Chris Tucker and the Rush Hours as well. That was pretty good back in the day, a long, long time ago. Dumb and Dumber, I thought was pretty funny too, at its own way. But um, no, no, I'm a I'm a big, big fan of The Hangover. And once again, uh, maybe I can, you know, uh, I can let you into our wolf pack here. Now, if you would, out of the four man wolf pack, exciting, out of Alan, oh, that's why you were saying that, Brian, and Stu, who, um, who do you? What, what is it? Uh, hold on a second. Is it Brian? It's Alan. Alan is the best. <laughs> is it Brian and Stu? Am I getting it right here? I'm, I'm now. I'm forgetting. Uh, is it Alan? Is it Brian and Stu? Well, Bradley Brad- Cooper. I'm trying to think about uh, about him. Is he? Uh, I think He's I'm there. getting one. I think I'm getting one wrong here, and I'm looking for some help here. I wish on, I was uh, him. on YouTube Live. If if people can tell me the names of the. Of the guys in the Hangover that uh, that made up the four man, um, Alan, Doug, Brian, and Stu. Yeah, I got it right. I got it right. Okay, so Stefano says, yeah, it's it's definitely Brian, Stu, uh, Doug, and uh, and Alan. Okay, I got it right. Okay, good. There you go. All right, uh, the Canadians hung in there last night, eh? Versus the Bruins. You know, I read a stat today. I knew the Bruins were amazing. Did you know this stat before you actually read it today that they're the first team in the history of hockey to hit 80 points the fastest? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, and they're on pace for a record season. It's it's unbelievable. New coach, they were not sure about Bergeron, Krejci, and the four guys are like top scorers of, of the Bruins. They're, they're playing well. The goalies, their stats are amazing. They're just good. They're just so good. I, I think before they're plus 81 
or something like that. And I think Dallas was plus 42 after. So it, it's like they're just in another league right now. And Montreal yeah. played very well against yes. them. Uh, lots of injuries. They played 11-7. And My God. I, I mean, poor Samuel Montembeau. We were like, okay, that's, you know, 3.8 uh, goals a game for Boston. And we were like, okay, the guy's going to get crushed. He, I mean, how amazing is he? What a story it is. What a story. And now Jake yeah. Allen is, is going to be available I'm guessing for tomorrow. Well, I'm not guessing. I mean, he is yeah. going to be available. Is he going to be on the, in net or is it going to be on Saturday? We don't know, but I mean, what a story. And I, I can't wait to uh, know what is going to be the decision of Marty St. Louis. Because you, you remember, tomorrow? yeah. Because you remember at the beginning of the, of the season until like mid-December, he was like, yeah. Our number one is Jake Allen. Why are you keep? Why do you keep asking questions? Yeah. Jake Allen is the man. Now, who's the man? Well, look. Let's. Um, at one point, when Marty said it that Jake Allen was number one, I understood it. He was being very respectful to a veteran, of course. And uh, he was basically he thought probably that uh, Montembeau didn't have it didn't have a big enough shelf life, right? Of, of what, a big enough sample size per, sample. Uh, having Did he said get his that. Chance? But, I mean, yeah. I'll say this. Montembeau's best performances this year have been better than Allen's best performances this year. Do you agree? Yes. Allen had some good games, like, right at the beginning of the season against Detroit, uh, as a matter of fact. But Montembeau, I mean, last night, if it's not about Montembeau in the first period, I mean, okay. this game is over. But what a story. Because do you remember last year, Montabo at one point was pretty much fourth goalie. I mean, it, it was Price, it was yeah. Allen, and yeah. they called Primo, and they put it in the net. So Montabo, like, he didn't have any chances. I mean, he had to work his butt off to get what he's having right now. And mm -hmm. what a story, what a great person. And, you know, another great person is Jake Allen. So let's not make it Allen against Montabo. Yeah. What a... What a great guy he is oh he's a great teammate. he's a great he teammate. Is. and yeah. you, you know when you talk with goaltenders i mean they want the other one to have success because it, it means the team is going to have success but a lot of goaltenders told me like secretly you want to be that person but i listening to jake i get the feeling that he he is genuinely like nice and he yeah. wants Montembeau to have some some success, and he's like, I, I know I'm not the future of this team in front mm -hmm. of the net. It's it's gonna be maybe some Montembeau, and maybe with Caden Primo, that's a big question mark right there. But anyways, yeah. he knows the drill. He knows where he's at right now, and so he's, he's he, he. That's why he's here. This I felt is why uh, he's here. I felt the phone vibrate, so I grabbed it, and I've been notified. <laughs> that a trade took place. Did you have a chance to see it, the trade between the Colorado Avalanche and the San Jose Sharks? No. The Avalanche have acquired defenseman Ryan Merkley, who has been much talked about over the last month or so. He has a lot of talent, but, you know, there's some issues there. And forward Matt Nieto from San Jose for forward Martin Kaut and defenseman Jacob McDonald. So it's not a major league deal, but Ryan Merkley, there's a lot of talent there. It's just that yeah, there's some... some there's yeah. just that there's some issues, but, um, you know, maybe we'll Joe Valeno knows a thing or two about uh, some of these players because he had a chance to play against them. Without further ado, yeah. Marc-André Perrault of TVA Sport, why don't we bring in, for the first ever time on this podcast, the sick podcast with Tony Marinero, Joe Valeno. Hey, how's Joe, it going? how are you? I'm good, you? Very good. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I think you just came back from supper. Yeah, we uh, we came back from dinner. We have our father's trip here in, in Montreal oh. and Long Island. So it was a bit of a, a later dinner tonight. Oh, pretty cool. Say hello to Marc-Andre Perot of Tivia Sports. Marc-Andre Perot, say hello to Joe Valeno. Salut, Marc. Ça bien? Et toi? Well, you're your future best friend. We, uh, <laughs> we talked about it. And yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. an undeal. 
Yeah, Joe, I was, I was, I was just telling, uh, I was just telling Mark Andre before you joined this how tight you and I are. Like we're tight. Yeah. Look, Mapper, just to give you an idea, okay? When Joe Valeno won the President's Cup with the St. John Sea Dogs, there's only a certain amount of people that you can bring on the ice with you to celebrate with the cup, right? Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Mapper, he was one take, of them. Mapper, take a Did look it? at this. Look. <laughs> Look at that! Is that a is that a beauty or what? Huh? Oh, yeah. lots of beauty there, but uh, uh, you didn't yeah. touch it, did you? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, Joe's mom, of course. To uh, uh, on the right, on the left, in in the background is uh, his mom, Lena. Uh, in the background there is that Tony, uh, myself, uh, Joe's sister, uh, next to me, uh, my buddy Frankie Filato, and on the outside left, his wife and one of his boys. And Joe, uh, now that you've established yourself here in the National Hockey League, five games in your first season as I think a 20-year-old, and then in the 60s, and now you've played about 45 games, my first question is probably going to be the most important one of this whole conversation I'm going to ask you, okay? Yeah. Frankie Filato, does he have what it takes to be a coach in the National Hockey League? Oh, man, I think... Uh... His knowledge for the game is, you know, quite outstanding. Obviously, I've been, you know, myself, like, I know he's been around the game for, you know, much more than I have, but you know what, he's he's always trying to learn new things and he's always listening to, you know, he's always listening to you, Tony, on the air. I know that yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, you got my parents That's not hooked a good on thing. that. You, you got, you got my, my parents hooked on that too. You know, every time I'd go in the car, uh, you know, I'd hear TSN 690 at the, at the time and, um, no, I've, I've just been really impressed with Frank. Obviously, you know, he knows a lot about the game and, you know, he can be a GM, he can be a coach. I mean, you know, he, I think, I think, I think he can do it all, to be honest. You know, I think he's, he's, this guy's learning, you know, he's learning every day. He's, um, you know, he, he watches hockey, he breathes it, he eats it. Like he's, you know, he's, he works hard Jeez. and, you know, he always, he's, he's, he's ultra competitive at everything he does. Like he's, you know, he's always up there. Joe, I, I I knew you're a really nice young man, but now we've we created a monster because he's not going to be able to fit through the door at Cafe Lina tomorrow. <laughs> no, All he, right, okay. he knows. <laughs> so anyway, uh, like I was telling Mark Andre, you and I were two members of the Wolf Pack. I think we got Frankie in there. There may be room for one more, just like the four man Wolf Pack in the Hangover. We'll see. So Mark Andre, you have to prove yourself between now and the next 15 minutes to Joe Valeno. For him to decide whether you're worthy of the work, uh, the wolf pack or not. All right. Well, you know me, I'm always nervous. So. All right. Why don't you ask him? Go, go for it. Go for it. I'll, I'll sit back and watch you guys talk. Go, Mark Andre. Go. <laughs> I was just curious about the, the dad, dad's trip or mom's trip. How does it work? I mean, are they with you in the hotel room? Are they going out at night? Or, I mean, do they have a curfew? How does it work? Um, you know what? I'm it's my first ever one, so I'm I'm still you know learning, but. Um, we obviously had a, you know, a really nice dinner tonight, you know, set up by our team. I think our, our team has done a great job, you know, setting this up. And, um, you know, I think just being here with my dad, uh, you know, means a lot, obviously it's really special, you know, seeing what the other, the other families are like, the other dads around, around, uh, around our team. So it's been, you know, a really good night, uh, in general, but, um, yeah, they each have their own rooms. Um, you know, they get to, you know, be on the plane with us. They eat breakfast in the morning with us. They're pretty much just kind of like following what we do. And, um, the team's got some, you know, activity set up for them, you know, mostly just nice. drinking, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much what's on the itinerary for them is cocktails, cocktails, cocktails. But, um, yeah, I think, I think they're going to really enjoy it. I think a lot of, you know, dads here, you know, we're a young team. So it's a lot of guys first time here, a lot of dads. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all it's it's been pretty cool. Our, our dinner tonight was was a lot of fun. Joe, awesome. since uh, it is the dad's trip, uh, why don't I take this opportunity to ask you about your parents? Because uh, to make it to the National Hockey League, it doesn't just take the player. It takes it takes a lot of people to make it happen. And obviously your parents sacrificed a lot for you to make it happen. And, you know, seeing you go off and go live in St. John and they're not with you and uh, and you left at an early age. Uh, all those those drives to the rink at practice and at the games. Um, why don't you talk to us about the support you got from your parents? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously really grateful and fortunate, uh, you know, to obviously have parents like I do. I, I don't think there's, um, you know, too many uh, uh, kids that, you know, get that opportunity uh, that I got. And, you know, obviously I can't give them enough credit and I don't think I can ever, you know, repay them for, you know, how much they've done to me. 
over the years. And, you know, obviously I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here today without them. They've sacrificed, you know, a whole ton of their life um, to make sure, you know, I lived, I lived my dream one day and, um, you know, I will never forget that as long as, you know, I, I live and I'm always thankful every day um, to be in the situ in the opportunity that I am. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't even describe, you know, how much they've, they've done for me over the years. And I'm just, yeah. I, I'm just so grateful. Speaking of repaying them, I, I think there's a pretty nice paycheck that comes in every 18 days in your bank account or whatever it is. And I, I know that, you know, going forward, you're going to make a lot more money. This is, you know, your first contract and stuff like that. And I'd be willing to bet that if you offered to buy your parents something, they'd probably refuse it and say, Joe, it's yours. You worked for it. But I'm going to ask you anyway, did you buy mom and dad anything, even a fridge? Uh, no, but I mean, I've, I've been helping them, uh, especially this year. We've, we've been doing a lot of renovations around, around the house. And, um, you know, I'm obviously, you know, helping out with that and, um, uh, you know, just, I guess, little things so far, I, I guess, you know, there's nothing that they've really asked of me, um, as of yet, but, um, you know, and, and they never they, will, Joe, they never, no, will. they, they, never, they will. never will. I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll notice that and I'll learn that throughout the years, but, um, hopefully one day, you know, I can, um, you know, just really, you know, buy them something that, that I think they'd really enjoy. And, I know that they they wouldn't ask for anything, but yeah. um, I think uh, one day I'll I'll surprise them with something. Good man, Mark Andre. Just because we're on the whole conversation of parents, I want to ask one more before I send it off to you. Oh, okay, be my guest. And that is Joe. You had exceptional status, right? And every time a player has exceptional status, you're always going to get a lot of people that are going to have an opinion on that. All right. And even though you were a, a very very talented player. Uh, growing up, and you still very much are, um, it bothers people sometimes when someone is the best player on a team, one of the best players in his age group, the best player in his age group, maybe a better player than most players who are one year older. And you know what? Even parents, like, they can feel it. They walk into a rink, and they can feel it. Somebody's looking at that. That's the parents of the, you know, was it tough for you that you were actually as good as you were knowing that there would always be people trying to bring you down, whether it was openly or whether it was behind your back, because that happens, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I, yeah. you know, I don't have experience in hockey, but I see it in soccer and, you know, a lot of people like everyone to be the same, all the players to be the same. It kind of bothers them sometimes when one is a little bit better. Did you feel any of that? Did it come with any added extra pressures? Uh, is it a part of the game that maybe you didn't like that it bothered you or were you able to flush it out? Um, yeah, I mean, I was always kind of thought or taught to to flush things out and not necessarily listen to, you know, the outside worlds and kind of just staying true to myself and obviously listen to the people that I think cared about me the most, you know, my family and obviously my close friends and, and, you know, people who supported my, my dream. But um, yeah, I was always taught at a young age to just kind of, you know, not let the outside noise get too much into your head. And um, I think that I've kind of stuck with that my whole career and so far in, in my path. But um, like you said, you know, there's always going to be people that are jealous and there's always going to be people that are, you know, going to try to come after you and um, you know, that always want to be better than you. But um, I think at the end of the day, you just got to stay humble too and, and have that mindset every day and go about your business and um, kind of know what's right and wrong. And I think if you stay humble, um, I think, you know, a lot of people will respect that and see that. And I think a lot of people will, you know, start vouching for you to, to do good. And um, I think it'll just bring good karma uh, to you. Mark, so how, how, how tough is, is it for a young player? I mean, you're a hundred point scorer in the queue. And then after that, I mean, I mean, it's just normal, but you're not going to score as many points in the AHL or the NHL. How tough is it to, you know, be okay with that and be okay with the process? Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's just in general, I think it's just a big adjustment. Obviously, you know, you're playing in the best league in the world and everyone coming to the NHL is more or less, you know, a superstar on their team yeah. in junior or, you know, if they're coming from overseas, they were a superstar in, you know, the KHL or, you know, Sweden. So uh, at a certain point, you got to kind of realize like, you know, what are your major strengths and try to perfect that as much as you can and bring that every single night. And, you know, for me, I've, you know, had the ability to, you know, work on my body over the last couple of years and get bigger and get stronger um, and really 
utilize my 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 size to be one of my strengths and um you know i know i have you know as good a skill as some of the guys in the league i i know i can keep up on the ice with you know my speed and i think in i think working on my game over the years is you know being hard defensively and um you know being able to you know have the coach's trust every time he puts me on the ice and then eventually you know it'll come with more ice more ice time more responsibility and i'll be able to be out there on the ice a lot more and that'll you know give me the opportunity to you know put up more points whether it's you know i get some touches on the power play or i'm out there maybe for you know protecting a lead and i get an empty net goal or something like that i think gaining the coach's trust and you know being able to defend well is going to allow me to you know produce more um, in the near future Joe, you're okay. not going to see your ice Lovkowski tomorrow night because unfortunately for him, he's got a knee injury and his season is pretty much over. Uh, you played your first game in the National Hockey League. Was it at 20 that you played? Were you 20 years old when you played your first game? Yeah, I was 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. Can you try to explain to everyone watching us right now on YouTube Live and Facebook Live and Twitter Live, but there's millions of people watching right now, Joe. Don't be fooled by the whole 10,000 or 20,000. There's millions, okay? Uh <laughs> Can you be able, can you try to explain to people how difficult it is? You made your debut at 20. Slavkowski made it at 18. There's three players that were drafted in his draft year last year that have played games in the National Hockey League. David Juracek, I believe, played two. Shane Wright, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's eight or nine. And Slavkowski uh, Slavkowski played in the 40s. And a lot of fans are, you know, he's a first pick overall, and they want to see him score more goals. They want to see him score more points. They want it right away. Knowing how tough it was to play your first game in the National Hockey League at age 20, can you begin to explain to people watching right now how hard it must be to play it at age 18? Yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't necessarily imagine. I think, you know, at 18, I was... You know, still playing junior hockey. So, um, you know, for him, obviously, to, you know, being playing in the NHL at 18 years old, it's definitely something special. And not too many guys, you know, get that opportunity. And, you know, you got to be a, a special player to do that. And, um, you know, I haven't I haven't watched him a whole ton. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's, he's quite a few years younger than me. But, um, you know, he's obviously he's big. He's got the size. He's, he's got the skills to play in the NHL. And, um, I think it's just a matter of time where, you know, he comes along and, and finds his game. Um, you know, he's he, you don't just go first overall by accident. And I think, um, you know, he's got the tools to be, you know, an incredible NHL player. Um, you know, he's shown flashes of it, but, you know, it takes time. And, um, you know, guys in this league, you know, like myself, I'm, you know, 20, I just turned 23 years old and I'm still, you know, trying to find my strides in the NHL. And um, I think it's just a matter of time, you know, he's going to gain confidence. He's going to yeah. gain trust. And, um, he can be a real special player for the Habs. But, Joe, you're a full-time NHLer now. I think it's safe to say you're a couple of goals off your career high. You're one point behind your career high. You're on your way. You're going to get better each and every year, and we're very, very happy about that. When you take a look at when you played your first game in the National Hockey League or your first five games in that first year, you take a look at who you are now. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make? it's a, it's not just experience and just time like there's you i would imagine you worked on a lot of things but is there one thing more than the other that required the biggest adjustment that you were able to make i think it's just being one step ahead on the ice you know when i have the puck i gotta you know think i gotta already know what's my next play before the puck comes to me and the game you know is played at such a high high speed and you know coming from juniors and even at the time you know i was coming from sweden um, obviously, you know, the bigger ice surface and, you know, those things had, had, had something to do with it. But, um, you know, every time I, I touched the puck, you know, a guy was coming on me and I just felt like I got to, you know, I, I needed to make a play before I had, before I got the puck, I had to know what I, what I was going to do with it before I got it. And, um, you know, it's starting to come along, you know, you, you start to, uh, you know, obviously learn the game and, and, you know, know who you're playing against and know who you're playing with and all that stuff. You know, there's a lot of things that come, come into play, but. Um, just, you know, being able to, you know, replays a lot quicker. I think that was the biggest adjustment. Mapper, Joe's probably been asked this question a thousand times, but Mapper, you remember the famous day when he got called up from Grand Rapids and uh, he, yeah. uh, he, uh, he got in the car with Steve Eiserman and uh, they drove to, uh, to Toronto, right? And he had a, he had a bite at, at the gas, at Tim Hortons or whatever it was. You remember that, right, Mapper? I do. No, I do not. You do not? No. So, no. Joe, Mapper doesn't remember. I mean, I remember it a little bit, but uh, can you tell the story and, and start it off with 
What does he drive? Um, so at the time he was driving a Range Rover. Um, I don't know what what he's got. I've seen the Porsche in the garage, uh, you know, uh, pretty consistently recently. But I'm sure he's got other cars laying around somewhere. That's uh, just my guess. <laughs> pretty cool. So you were you were uh, at Grand Rapids, right? And you got a phone call at around eleven o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Uh, no, so I it was that game. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was that game where there was. They played. They played against Florida, and there was all those block shots, like that sequence there. I don't know if you guys yeah, have seen yeah. that, but so like a couple of guys, I'm guessing, went down from that, or guys were a lot of like they were questionable for for tomorrow, and tomorrow they were playing against Toronto. So I was actually watching that game uh, in Grand Rapids in my hotel room. We had a game the next day, so as soon as the game was done, I kind of you know got ready for bed, and I got a call from from Steve saying, uh, "Yeah, you're going to be coming with us tomorrow." Um, you know, this is the plan, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's around 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, I had to text our, our GR trainer. I said, yeah, I got, I got called up. I got to go, te- I got to go grab my, my gear at the rink. Um, I had to pack my stuff out of the hotel because I didn't know how long I was going to be there. So I had to, you know, repack all my stuff, bring it in the lobby, uh, the hotel. And by the time I went to bed, it was probably like 1am. I had to wake up around six, six thirty. Um, I had to drive two and a half hours to Detroit, get COVID tested. And uh, I was supposed to have a flight. I don't. I forget what time my flight was at, but I was supposed to have a flight somewhere in the early afternoon. And then Steve called me. He said, "You know what? I'm coming to. I'm driving to Toronto. So if you want to come with me, it'll probably be easier. You won't have to. You know, <laughs> if there's any problems at the airport, at least you won't get stuck. Whatever. It's only a you know three and a half hour drive. So I said, "Yeah, sure." And um, you know, we we were in the car. We you know chit chatted a little bit. I you know ended up taking a nap. You know, he gave me the opportunity. He said, "If you want to take a nap." go ahead you know i i had a long day that day so uh we picked up we picked up tim Hortons on the way and uh ate it quick quick in his car and yeah next thing you knew i was you know at scotia bank center getting ready to play so, so you, you have the chance to drive like three hours with a hall of famer and you sleep <laughs> you know what you you don't you don't understand how tired i was that day. i was exhausted and uh you know what i <laughs> I tell that story to some of the guys in the team and, you know, they tell me the same thing. You're like, no way you slept. And then I said, yeah, but on top of that, I was even in the back seat, So that's probably even worse. Oh, like mapper, the, the best mapper. The best part is he didn't want to dirty his truck. So he's eating a muffin. He's making the, the, the crumbs fall into his backpack. Yeah, yeah. So that they I don't fall the, on the carpet in the truck. No way. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was so nervous. I was, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't want to dirty his car. God forbid, you know. Uh, uh, I, you, you were talking about uh, like the block shots that uh, brought. Well, I mean, gave you a, a shot to the NHL. Were you blocking a lot of shots in in the queue? Uh I, I mean, I I don't think I I had to necessarily. I mean, I didn't I didn't look at my game as you know just you know always blocking shots, but. You know, now you rely upon it. Like if you have the opportunity to block it, you got to block it. You know, it's it seems it's like just, in the NHL. I mean, it, 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 everyone has to block shots. Right? Mapper, what are you, yeah, what are you, what are you talking think... about, Mapper? He picked up 104 points in 59 <laughs> games. He always had the puck. You're asking him if he's blocking yeah, shots. That's a good point. That's he's, a, he's no, not I, I was yell. just wondering because <laughs> you were talking about adjustments, and you know, we often hear like speed and everything, and I was like. Yeah, but like block shots and getting cross checks from from guys like Ben Chirot, who can be like pretty mean sometimes. I, I was just wondering how big of an adjustment was that part of, of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I had to obviously adjust and kind of like almost flip a switch a little bit of actually, you know, putting a lot of emphasis and effort into you know being good defensively and you know working on my defensive game without the puck and. You know, in junior, I was so used to always having the puck and it was like, you know, other yeah. teams were, you know, trying to, you know, stop me from scoring. And now it's like, okay, well, I got to try to stop, you know, other guys from scoring. And it's like, it becomes, you know, so important in the NHL where that's what's going to buy you, you know, ice time. And that's what's going to make you stay in the NHL is, you know, being able to play good defense. And especially, you know, not everyone's going to score, you know, 100 points or 90 points. And it's like, you know, you, you got to, you know, learn to, you got to, you know, play the game the right way. And I mm. think in Detroit too, you know, we're, we're starting to learn or we want to learn and we want to bring a winning culture here. And I think that's how you, you know, win hockey games is by playing, you know, good defensively and, you know, the offense, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be skilled enough players to, you know, to, you know, put up, 
to, to, to capitalize on opportunities when we have them. And I think it's just a matter of time where, um, you know, we're just going to be a really good hockey team. Joe, okay. uh, I don't know what time you go to bed. I want to be very respectful of your time. It's 1034. Yeah. If I keep you on another seven, eight minutes, is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, good, good. Are you rooming with somebody right now? No, no, we have our, we have our own rooms. Ah, okay, okay. So what time do you go to bed the night before a game? Uh, you know, to be very honest, I'm usually, I try to not stay past 11 o'clock. I'm usually either, you know, before, if it depends on my day goes and um, if I'm tired and, you know, I'll usually just lay in bed from starting from 10 to 11, anywhere between those times, I'll, I'll just cut the cord. Joe, there's not too many storylines with the Canadians this year, but we know they're in a rebuild. They had the first pick overall last year. It seems like several teams would want to have that first pick overall this year. You're a player, once again, who had exceptional status. Uh, you're a great talent, so obviously I think it's easy, safe to say that you know how to identify a great talent too. I would imagine you saw Connor Bedard during the World Juniors. Uh, if so, how much did you see of him? And just what are your first impressions of Connor Bedard? Yeah, I mean, uh, I see him everywhere on social media, and um, I was watching. I obviously watch the World Juniors every year at Christmas time, and yeah, um, that was really you know the first time I, I got to watch you know a full game of 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 him, and um, he's just obviously a really special player. You know, there's not too many players that uh, you know that come along uh, like that, and I think he's just you know spectacular, and I'm really excited you know to see what he does in the NHL, and I think. Um, you know, he's going to bring a lot of attraction to the game. He's obviously got incredible talent, and uh, I'm just really, you know, thrilled and excited to see what he's going to bring next year. Before we talked about critics and we talked about naysayers and stuff like that, and I would imagine that there aren't that many for Connor Bedard who most seem to think will be generational, but there are some, and I saw them here chatting. He won't be able to do what he does in the National Hockey League. It's a big man's game. It's a man's game, and he's small. He's smallish, and... Your opinion on that? No, I mean, you know, he's obviously there's always going to be, you know, controversial things that, that are going to be said. But, um, you know, I think he's going to, you know, fit just fine in the NHL right from the start. I mean, you know, you look at his numbers like it's, you know, he's putting up video game numbers. And, you know, even at, the, you know, the World Juniors, you know, yeah, like, you know, people will say, OK, well, he put up, you know, seven, eight points against, you know, Germany. But, you know, why didn't the others do it? You know, it's like. Uh, people are always going to have something to say. And I think he just, you know, he's from what I've heard from him, um, you know, and, and, you know, seeing, you know, background stories and, you know, guys that have skated with him and guys who have played with him, you know, he's always looking to get better. You know, he's a Vancouver kid. And I know, um, you know, one of our teammates here from Vancouver, Michael Rasmussen says, you know, even in practice, like he practices with NHL players and, you know, he's two three years from being drafted and he already looks like he's an NHL player. You know, he's got the best shot out there and, so that's just what, from what I've heard, you know, I, I obviously, I, I can obviously see that and it shows on the ice, you know, when he plays, like he's ultra competitive, you know, he's, he's, he's got, you know, an elite shot. He's got an elite vision. Like he just, he has all the packages. So I cannot see him not, you know, being able to succeed. I mean, everyone goes through rough times in the <coughs> NHL and that's probably going to happen at some point. I mean, maybe, but um, I, I really doubt it that it, it will. And um, I think he's just going to, you know, mix in really well. Speaking of best shot, if memory serves me well, your favorite player in the National Hockey League is Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. He's the second leading goal scorer of all time. And it looks like, barring a major injury, which we don't want that to happen to anybody, he's going to do the unthinkable in a couple of years from now and beat Wayne Gretzky's 894 goals. Now, you know, I'm okay in math, so I'll just say this. 900 goals would equal 20 seasons of 45 goals per season. To think that he's in that range with those numbers, he's got 894 in his sights. Can you put into words what he's on the verge of accomplishing here? And can you put into words what it feels like to play in a league at the same time as him when he's on the verge of doing this? Yeah, I mean, I've always admired him and the way I've always been a fan of the way he played. He's, you know, like like you said, you know, he's my he's my favorite player, and he'll always will be. I just find him so electrifying on the ice. But um, for him, you know, I I really hope he does pass it, and I I think he will. 
um, and I really want him to. Um, he's just, you know, one of those players, and I think he's at the point where, you know, he's so close, and I think he's going to play until he actually passes it. You know, he can he can literally just stand on the ice on the power play and just, you know, hit one tease and won't even have to – he doesn't have to skate. You know, he doesn't have to do anything, and I think he's still going to score goals, but um, I really hope he does do it, and I think, you know, everyone around the NHL, you know, wants him, you know, to, to pass that record, and I think it'll be something, you know, one hell of an accomplishment, and um, obviously for me to, you know, play against him and, and have that opportunity, it, that's pretty cool. Now, yeah, I you know these conversations with them, like, uh, are just uh, like, did you tell him like that he's right? No, I, I've, I haven't spoke to him. I'm, I'm too, no, I'm not too asking shy. Not, stick or, not, yeah. you know what? I think, I think a lot of guys are starting to do it, uh, yeah. asking him for a stick, and I don't think I quite have that privilege yet to be able to do that, but uh, maybe. Hopefully next year I can probably you know snag one from. Them. Okay. Are you are it. you gonna play him between now and the end of the year? Um, I'm not sure. We might we might be playing them one more time. We've already played them twice, so I know outside our division we go one and one, but sometimes we'll play yeah. teams three times. So I'll have to check. I'm not quite sure. So Mapper's looking it up as we speak, but yeah. if it's not this year, it's next year. I love your answer. If I was you, and I'm not one to give advice here, but I am a little bit older, I would say that I'd say, listen. Ovi. Yeah, 21st, know, uh, February 21st. February 21st, yeah. all right? Yeah. Okay. So you go out to him and you say, listen, I I, I know I'm, I'm still 23. I'm relatively young in the league, and I don't quite have this privilege yet. But I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life if I don't ask you for either You're a signed like jersey a dad. or a stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Uh, yeah. You got, you, you got to do it, Joe. Yeah. No, you're speaking like think, a dad. He's, yeah, yeah. I think eventually I, I will do it. I have a yeah. I have a beautiful Ovechkin canvas, by the way. It's it's really really beautiful too. So, you know, uh, let me know if you get your uh, stick signed or a jersey signed, and I'll see if I can. Yeah. yeah. Can you sign this for my friend Tony, please? <laughs> by the way, and I feel bad to say this because really, they say that records are to be broken, right? But like Wayne Gretzky, like when I was growing up, like he was. I mean, Guy Lafleur was my favorite player because I grew up in Montreal and as a Canadiens fan. But like Gretzky was like the greatest player in the game, and it, it, a part of me, a, a part of me doesn't want the record to be broken. I mean, is that bad to say or what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I grew yeah. up with you. Grew up with Ovechkin. I grew up with Gretzky. That's, that's the difference, right? Yeah, I think it's safe to say for sure. I understand that that your point of view. Uh, okay, well, we'll keep you another minute. Uh, we have a, a, a sports card store called. Uh, La Tornade. It's in Vaudreuil. And I started collecting cards. All right. Mort Sider's rookie card is a couple of hundred bucks. Okay. So I'm thinking about it. Right. That's, you think he's that's gonna, it. That's yeah. It? It, it, maybe more. I think it's 300. You, I don't remember what it is. I think it's 300. Or something. I text the, I text Chris. I think it was like 300 or something. Right. Is he going to yeah. win a Norris or two? I mean, you think I, you, would, you, would you encourage me to go out and buy his card? I do. I, I think, I think he's got everything. Like he's, He's, you know, he's just such a horse out there. Like he's, uh, man, I, like the things he does, you know, on the ice that I don't think, you know, too many people notice is just, you know, how hard he plays. Like, yeah. you know, he's 20, he's, he's 21 years old. And, you know, even last year, like he was like, you know, he wasn't afraid to back down. Like he would get into scrums, like with Crosby, you know, with Barzell, like with, you know, really elite players. And this yeah. guy, he just came in his league and, you know, he would hit guys like hard, like he would reverse hit. Like I remember this, you know, one play in, in New York, like Chris Kreider, like he's, you know, big, powerful player. Yeah. And he was skating towards him and Kreider, I don't think expected it. And, you know, Sider just kind of like had his head down, but like kind of saw him like from his peripheral vision yeah. and just, you know, lean one into him and he, you know, put him right on his ass. And um, I, some of the little stuff that he does, like he plays the game so hard and, you know, he chips in offensively. I think this year, you know, he, he doesn't quite have as many points as he did last year, but I think that'll just come in time. Like, I don't think, you know, we're, we're worried about that or anything. Like, I think he's going to be a hell of a defenseman and, um, you know, he's going to be a really, really, really good player for a long time in this league. In ending, lastly, how special is this game tomorrow night for you in front of family and friends and you know, uh, all, all your relatives, which I don't know your entire family, but if it's an average Italian family, it's probably about, you know, 76 people. <laughs> you know what? It might be pretty close to that. But, um, yeah, I, I think, 
anytime I get to come here and play in Montreal, it's it's always special for me and for my family. It's just you know a great uh, a great event where you know everyone gets to come watch me play. You know it's close to home, and um, I, I I'll you know for sure be a little you know a little nervous just you know going about my day just because you know I play in Montreal, um, but uh, you know I'm not gonna let it be a distraction for me. I'm just gonna go out there play my game, but obviously keep that in the back of my mind. Joe, is it your brother and your cousin that have a, a school still? Do they have a, uh, a a skill center? Yeah, so I think it's it's mostly just my cousin. My my brother was you know helping out here and there okay. uh, with the off ice stuff, but yeah, I you know I speak uh, I speak a lot to my cousin, and you know he's obviously been doing really well. I think it's, well, give it a know, plug. Really give it a plug here. We're, we're, yeah, we're so so next level hockey is uh, is what it's called, and. Um, I think, you know, he's done a really, really good job with, with all the kids and, you know, helping them, um, you know, get passion for the game. And he's obviously teaching them a lot of the basics and a lot of skills. I think he's, you know, really good with, you know, being able to to emphasize that into the game. And um, he's obviously got a lot of knowledge. You know, he's, he's played, um, you know, some pro hockey and he's obviously has that experience. And I can say the same for him. You know, he's got, um, you know, he works pretty much all day, every day, like, you know, we got family gathering sometimes and he's always coming in late from work or, you know, he doesn't have time to show up. So uh, he'll come on another date to, you know, let's say my sister's birthday or something, you know, he'll show up late. And, yeah. um, you know, he just has such, um, you know, a heart for the game of hockey and he loves it so much, which is, you know, even better. And um, I I think that his, uh, you know, his, his company is, you know, his, his next level hockey is going to go a long way in the future. So I, I really wish him a lot of, a lot of success. And he's got a great clip here to put on Instagram tomorrow. He can put this clip on his story every day for the rest of his life. This is amazing <laughs> yeah. advertising. Mark Andre, yeah. I, I know I told Joe we're going to let him go. I just want to tell you one last thing. Joe's a big soccer fan. I am too. 2021, uh, Italy goes to the Euro. They go to England and they take it to Rome and they end up winning the Euro. So I figure I'm going to go to RDP because they party better than others. And as I'm yeah. partying through the streets of RDP, who do I bump into? Look at that. Huh? Yeah. What a beauty, it was, huh? It was a zoo nice. that day. It was a zoo that day. As you could tell, I like remember. I had 17 cannolis that day to celebrate. Look, it was all, it, was, it all hit my face right there. You know Look at I, that. Had, I had, I was, I was bouncing around the Cortinas. I was bouncing around Chicharros a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the whole East End in general. I go there a lot to, you know, I obviously grew up there yeah, and spent some time there. So I and I know all my buddies, you know, are big soccer fans too and, you know, diehard Italian fans. So um, if you don't want to find Italians, you go to, you know, the East End, Joe, especially RDP. Yeah, Joe, I so appreciate your time. I would imagine yeah. so many people tried to call you tonight. You have your routine. Yeah. You usually get to bed at around 11 o'clock before a game. There's so many other things that you could have done. So for you to take the time for me, and the sick podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad you found your way. You're about to take off here in the National Hockey League. I wish you a very, very, very long career, Joe. All the best. Yeah. And go out there and score a goal tomorrow. No pressure. Thank you. Thanks, All guys, right. for having there, me. Yeah, nice I, talking to you. He's got a he's got a great wrist shot. He's gonna score that goal. There you have it, Joe Valeno. All right. Huh? I think it's a done deal. Yeah. Can you bet on that? What an interviewer I am, though. Eh? It's unbelievable. I mean, I feel it's natural. I feel like I'm the third wheel, but it's the story of my life. You're so good. I think uh, I I think he's going to take you as a member of the Wolfpack. (laughs) He's a great kid. Nice. Yeah, no, he really he really is a great kid. I want to give a quick shout out if I can, or or let you know. um, Tell everyone to take our Habs. 2010s quiz to test your Habs knowledge. Click the link in our YouTube description or find it on our social media. There you have it. Question number four. At what pick was Brendan Gallagher selected uh, with during the uh, 2010 NHL draft? Mapper, do you know this? Uh, well, it must be 162. Fifth round. Fifth round. Correct. So He's a fifth round pick. The only one that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, five times 30 is 150, so it has to be there about 150, so it's 162. <laughs> Agnello and go. Sammy back at Master Control. Can you could just come on and confirm that it is indeed 162? Let's try and get to them. 
Oh, maybe they're I'll, saying bye to Joe. Maybe they're saying I'll, bye to Joe. I'll take care of that. You know what? In the meantime, I'll give a shout out to Playground. Ah, uh, there they are. One forty-seven. One forty-seven. Yeah. Oh, there was less than thirty teams back then, uh, Mapper. God damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was less. There were less. There were less than thirty teams. He was drafted in twenty ten. Correct. You say I'm so young, I can't remember that. There's a couple of expansion teams that have come in since then. I mean, uh, Vegas and then Seattle, and uh, and uh, there have been others, I think. But uh, so that's, that's why it did, that's why it was below 150. 2010. Yeah. Uh, there were no, there were 30 teams. No, he's a first. He's a fifth round pick. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a fifth round pick. 147. Yeah. But am I losing oh, my mind? No, but five times 30 brings you to uh, 150. So then after 150, it's sixth round. So it makes sense. We're just yeah. dummies. Okay. Oh, now it makes sense to me. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah we look dumb for about two minutes, but that's uh, that's what it is. Uh, when, it is, uh, is right? <laughs> when, uh, when you're, you're, you're live on a podcast, right? Uh, you, you know, this is what it is. But uh, it's okay. my fault. <laughs> No, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. A shout out. I, I, I would have guessed the same thing. A shout out to Playground. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Uh, good young man, eh? Nice. Eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice person, and uh, we can only wish him the best. I, I don't think people realize how much pressure these special kids have. Yeah. And it's the same for all for all the you know the, the the great players and it must be so tough. But good for him. Good for him. He's finding you his know way. he uh he's he his draft year right. You can just everyone knew the Montreal Canadiens were having the Canadians were having a bad year right. They ended up picking yeah. third overall his draft year. Yeah. That's the year that they picked Jesperi Kakanyemi, right? Okay, they yeah. picked Kakanyemi at third overall. Joe Valeno went 30th overall. He slipped. You remember that? Yeah, but can, yeah. Right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the pressure if he would have been drafted by Montreal? You're 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 right about you're right I about mean, that. But it, it, it it's a good thing. It, it it is a good thing. But I'm I, I'm I'm ready to say. I'm ready to say I think Joe Valeno is going to be a better NHLer than Jesperi Kakanyemi is. Will be. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I don't want to be Yemi, uh, not Yemi nice right to, now. to KK because he, yeah, he, he, it, yeah, it, it's a what a what a story. It, it, it's so sad. Yeah, it's so sad it didn't work out in in Montreal because he started so well, such a good you know good young smiling kid, yeah. kid, and just yeah. No, he lost listen. It. Uh, I got to tell you that uh, one of the things I probably didn't pay as much attention to in the past that I will be now. And sometimes, you know, it's not always easy doing what we do because every now and then we have to be critical of a player who doesn't play to expectations. And we say it, it's part of our job. But the pressures that they have, it's crazy. You know, a lot of people say, oh, they make money, this, that, whatever. Yeah, but there's 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 a lot of pressure, man. And and some people say it's just a game and it's fun, but no. There's there's pressure, you know, like they they need I mean, to produce or else they're gonna be yeah. out of the league. So 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 what happened when you don't score? Like for one, two, three, four, five, six, ten games. Now, it, it, like it, it goes in your head, and you're, I mean, you're playing for not only your future but the generations. I mean, we're talking about yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah. So that's it, it, it's a lot to think. So and especially, especially if you're on social media, Mapper. Like, you know, we just talked yeah. about Kakinyemi. How many times a day do you hear that Kakinyemi's a bust? Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine it, it, how many times he hears this? Can, it's very can tough. You imagine how much pressure a guy like Cole Caulfield does have, because he's a goal scorer. 
everybody looks at him and he yeah. needs to score goal. I, I think there's more pressure on Suzuki. I don't think so. You don't I, think I, so? I, I, I think there's wow, let's, more so let's, pressure let's have, on him. Let's have this conversation, okay? I'll make yeah, my sure. case for Suzuki. You make your case for Caulfield, okay? Yeah. Cole Caulfield, um, Nick Suzuki is the captain of the most storied franchise in all of hockey, number one. Yeah. Nick Suzuki, with the contract he has and the responsibility he has, he's expected to be the best playmaker on the Montreal Canadiens and the top point getter. Yes. Number two. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Nick Suzuki has to be in front of the media and 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 talk every after every single game. He does not. Uh, or no, he, he does, does not. It, no, but he's probably solicited more than everyone else being the captain. Yes, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. He is a quiet captain. Okay. He is not talkative. He's not a, and he's not a good quote. I mean, he he's interesting, to, but he's not a good quote. Uh, and he's young, so I I think like guys like David Savard or Edmondson or Gallagher when he's there, they realize that and they take Perfect. care of that part. Perfect. Allow uh, me to make another point. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Nick Suzuki has to play a 200 foot game because yeah. or else it's going to be scrutinized. Nick Suzuki has to do well in the face off circle because if he doesn't, like last night, he loses a face off to Patrice Bergeron, ends up scoring the game winning goal, it's going to be scrutinized. And so, for all the reasons that I just gave you, and Nick Suzuki plays against the best player on the other team yeah. at the head, who's usually the centerman. So yes. those are the reasons I gave for Suzuki. Give me your reasons for Caulfield now. I mean, Suzuki, lots of responsibilities, but it, I mean, what's the toughest thing to do in hockey? Score goals. There you go. So when it's your bread and butter to score goals and you go on a, you know, I don't know, three, let's say only three or four games that you're not scoring. Now you start to think. Now you there's some outside noise. And you know you're you're gonna make your money with goals, not your PK skill, not your 200 foot game, not your face off percentage, nothing. It's you have to score goals. One thing. If this thing doesn't work, you're screwed. So uh, Suzuki, I'm, I'm not saying he's not having pressure. There, there's a ton of pressure, but there's other ways to make himself like utile, uh, useful. Yeah. Okay. So th th there's a lot of things he can do. Let's say if one day he doesn't have his legs, if he doesn't score for like seven, eight games, he can be relevant in other part of the games. Goal scorer, it's one thing. That's it. That's all. I you're would say if it. I can add, there's a lot less pressure to score goals when your team is rebuilding and everyone knows you're not going to make the playoffs. Oh. So why don't I do this? No, you stop. Hey, hold on a second. He's, yeah. he's like, he is going to sign the biggest deal of his life you're right so uh doesn't matter he doesn't care about uh if it's gonna help the team make the, the playoffs or not he needs to score goal i mean now it's irrelevant because he's not gonna score another goal this year and he's gonna mm -hmm. sign a major contract and i think they're gonna take his space like 46 goals to you know as a mm -hmm. to, to, to start the the, the talks but yeah Anyways, okay, I, you're Scott, probably uh, as, as as right as me right now. <laughs> Scott, no, Scott Struthers says uh, on YouTube Live that I lost that argument. I'll continue. I'll say it again. Scott uh, is a great. I'll person. say it again. Yes, for you he is. For me, I'm about on the verge of blocking him. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do that. No, he's entitled to his opinion. I'm just kidding. I, I will say it again. I believe that between Suzuki and Caulfield, there is more pressure right now. Uh and or was going into the season for Nick Suzuki. I say Suzuki, Marc-Andre Perot says Cole Caulfield. Yeah, but and, you added uh, a lot of things now after your sentence. The first, uh, you said that they're going to the season and right now. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say right now because Caulfield's hurt, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no pressure on Caulfield being hurt. I mean. Uh, no, no, no. But uh, you know. yeah, anyways. Okay. That's what but I think. I want that. Look, want look that. someone else says that going right forward, it's the most pressure is going to be on Slavkowski, which, you know? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, people are so I, – I really do think that people 
know hockey more than sometimes we think they are. And I think people realized that last year's draft was a special draft because there was there was no like sure shot at first and people realized that he's a good player he's a good kid he's he's working hard and we'll see so i i don't know if he if there's as much pressure on him than there is on caulfield or suzuki so that that, that that's something that struck me this year how much people are they they know more than sometimes we i mean not talking we as us but as we we hear is was that was that a good sentence no no it's a you know you screwed up along the way but that's okay nobody's perfect that i no mais ce que je veux dire c'est que souvent vas-y 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 on parle souvent on entend que les gens ça fait juste chialer people are only criticizing and they don't know their hockey mais je pense que les gens connaissent plus ça ouais it's good this year it, it struck me how people know their they they know hockey anyways by the way do you know why joe valeno wears number 90 in the national hockey league it's something that i didn't get to with him 90 yeah you want to you know question. why not you so yes i know why so joe valeno's favorite number is number nine and he yeah. had it when he was with the St. John Sea Dogs. Um, when he got traded to Drummondville, Drummondville had uh, Nicola Gay, uh, who was wearing number nine. And, um, you know, so he had the number, and uh, he was a pretty good player himself. And, um, you know, Joe was thinking of which number to go with. And Dom Ducharme, who coached Drummondville, said, why don't you go with 90? If nine's your favorite number, and he went with ninety. Nine was stuck. not available in Detroit. Yeah, no, nine's not available in Detroit. So, no, yeah, would nine cost is a lot nine, of Rolexes. Yeah, nine is retired in Detroit. Correct. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> hanging from hanging from the rafters. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, it, w- it was a different kind of show today because we brought on Joe Valeno and we were able to talk to him together. I I, I had a lot of fun. I hope you I did think too. he's my best friend now. I think so. I, Scott is my best friend as well, so I I, I kind of have to decide. I, I I did the introduction here. Here's Rems Bergeron, who uh, maybe maybe Rem is Rems is the, is the uh, is the logical one here. Okay, you ready? He said yeah. Suzuki has more pressure this year. Caulfield will have more pressure next year when the contract kicks in. Rems. Yeah. <sighs> Remy is his name. Suzuki this year, Caulfield will be next year when his contract hits. We have been burned too many times. We had a good show. We had a good show until now. Why? Why? Why did you have to put that text on? But why? It's a I logical mean, way of it. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just no, no, I know, I know, I know you, I know you are. Okay, so <laughs> hey, listen, merci beaucoup, Canadians and the Red Wings tomorrow, and um, I think Jake Allen's going to get the start tomorrow. I think so too. You think so too, right? Eh? So. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I, I think. think I mean, so. Sam need. I mean, he needs a break. <clears throat> Sorry, and Marty yeah. said we uh, like took the time to talk to him uh, yeah. before the practice this morning. I, I, I mean, the guy he played like what eight eight in a row. He he needs a break. It's he's, well he's deserved. He's been really good, man. He's been and, really good. Very very proud of him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and very proud of everyone watching, and very thankful as well. Proud of you. Uh, thank you very much. I want to say this. If you like what you've been watching, you like what you've been listening to, hit the like button right away and message sick, S-I-C-K, sick, S-I-C-K. It's usually our way of feeling the love. And Oreo says Jake Allen is usually the same. I think they had like 24, 25 shots in a period or something earlier this year. Jake Allen was absolutely unbelievable. I think Kane's lost 3 nothing. But I think he was amazing at that game. Yeah, he was amazing. All right, you hear that song? Bring it back up. Play the song. What was it? Song. Sick. All right. Uh, we're going to send you that so you can add it to your playlist, okay? So when you make the drive Can't tomorrow wait. from Gatineau to Montreal, hey, drive Windows carefully. Down. Drive carefully uh, yeah, tomorrow me. because there's we got hit with a lot of snow, eh? Oh, yeah, there's a lot here. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, if uh, I, yeah. I might skip the practice, we'll see. 
Or, or really, or you could do that. You have I somebody mean, take it over. No, well, yeah, yes, but I'm, you know, I'm not gonna get killed yeah. on the road for a practice. We'll see, yeah. right? No, I have no, good you, bosses. You, def you, you definitely should not. All right, okay, and yes, you definitely have great bosses. Okay, yeah. merci beaucoup. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, tout le monde. Bye. All right, there you have it, Mac Andre Perot of TVA Sport. I love this guy. Really, I really, really love this guy, and I'm glad that many of you probably weren't quite aware of him. I think you should have been by now, but we're able to introduce him, and uh, you know what he's all about. The guy is he's absolutely fantastic, and he's, he's like, he has incredible, incredible work ethic. Once again, a special thanks to Joe Valeno of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, you know, a real nice young man from here, from with a, you know, from a very supported uh, family, um, and it's nice to see him. Um, do his thing in the National Hockey League. And I'm going to reiterate what I said to him. I wish him a very, very long and successful career in the National Hockey League. He's put in the time. He's got the talent. He's a good young man. He deserves everything that's going to come his way. So thank you, Joe, once again for your time. And that's it. Tomorrow night, the SICK Podcast. Same time, same place. It's the Canadians and the Red Wings. And once that game is over, uh, you fast forward to 10 p.m. And at 10 p.m., we'll bring you the Sick Podcast all over again. If you're going to listen to the Sick Podcast on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. And message us sick and tell all your friends about it. So you got to watch this show. What's that guy's name again? Who is he? I'll tell you who I am. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.